it going? Hey, Howard. Put Pesach out. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. What's going on, everybody? It's Rob Lopez here, producer for The Athletic and uh, The Athletic Podcast Network, of course. I am just popping in to say hello and introduce this special episode that we have here. It's a little Christmas special. Um, as everybody has seen over the past couple weeks, the film Uncut Gems has been doing a nice little media tour, and I recently was able to be a part of a uh, media roundtable um, that talked about the movie, discussed a number of things with uh, two of the stars, Adam Sandler, of course, a, a legend in, in the comedy game and, and a legend in the movie game, uh, and Kevin Garnett, an NBA legend in his own right and, and somebody who quite possibly could be making a, a strong push into the acting world uh, following this great performance. Um, also with them was the Safdie brothers, the directors of the movies. Um, they also were part of the round table here for a select few media members in New York City a couple weeks ago ahead of the release of Uncut Gems. Um, once again, Uncut Gems should be out in theaters today. So if you're listening to this right now, you could probably go check it out at your local movie theater, um, probably over this little holiday week, holiday break, whatever works out best for you. I would suggest definitely going to see it. Go check it out. Also, too, just wanted to let everybody know, please, please, please be aware. Major spoiler alert here. Major, major spoiler alert. And wanted to shout out uh, the media members that were also there asking questions alongside me. Um, you might recognize some of the voices, some people uh, that are just, you know, having a good time and, and, and having a great conversation with the four, four of the main components to this great film. I'm going to cut it short here. Um, we're going to get into it with Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, and the Safdie brothers. They touch on a multitude of topics from um, the Boston Celtics, to living in Boston, to how Kevin Garnett was picked to be uh, his role in the movie over the likes of Kobe Bryant, just to name one, um, and also how Adam liked working with KG and, and how they connected pretty much immediately there on set. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. <laughs> Obviously there's a sports theme running through the film. How did uh, your background as a you know sports fan yeah. fit in with, with that? Did that help you? Helped a lot. Yeah, like uh, the last scene and, and watching the game and um, being, all the games watching. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty passionate watching my, <laughs> my teams and stuff, and I can get a, a, a little loud and crazy. That helped. That helped. <laughs> I connected to that. It's so funny. I like my team so much that uh, I used to bet a little bit back in the day, but then I, I realized when I'm pulling for my team, it's a, as though I uh, – <laughs> I have a big bet on each game. I snap over the Yankees. I, the Knicks, I don't get too upset anymore. It's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm almost madder when they win. I'm like, well, how did that hurt? <laughs> uh, Jets, I take it on the chin every week. <laughs> we actually were, whenever the Yankees would lose, we would be like upset. Like, Santa's going to be a bad move. <laughs> it's painful. It's painful. Now, can you, can you explain? I mean, you, you, if I have the timing right, you left New York 
when I was five. Right. So you I really, could have become a Celtic fan, especially mm-hmm. with you know coming of age during the Larry Bird years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did that not happen? I rooted against Larry Bird very hard growing up. <laughs> I, I, I wanted Julius. I wanted the Sixers. When I, I don't know when, what was with me. I, I think because. There was a Knicks, uh, sorry, I love Bird now! I met him! I met him, I was at a Pacers game and I met Bird, he came up to the booth, and it was me, my family, my uncle, and I mean, fuck, and I had so much guilt for how much I screamed at him growing up, and, and he was so nice to us, and man, he was big, I had no idea Bird was that big, and gee, uh, I, I should, I, I should, I did, I made a mistake. <laughs> what did you say? He's a big bird. I made a mistake though. Looking back at it, if I was a Pats fan, the last ten years would have been nice for me. Did you drum up anything from that small betting experience, or ask people around? Because you, could, I mean, the intensity. Obviously, the whole film is about gambling, gambling, gambling. It's all adding up. Yes, but yeah. during the specific scenes when you're screaming at the and the family and the... Because yeah. you know, I bet and I have three kids and it's like, I know, I'm like, I'm like okay, I'll bet the garbage. Mounts and mounts and mounts. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. um, oh, so it's a it, private hell when you, when you have a family and you, you don't let them in on what you're doing. And, uh, it's funny, my dad used to bet. Um, he was a golfer. And he used to bet. I'm not, I'm just randomly saying stupid shit. Sorry. Right. <laughs> my, my dad used to bet. And, uh, and he had a little side thing with me. Whenever he'd say out loud to my mother what he bet, he'd always tell me, add a zero. That's what was really going on. And, uh, and my father would get moody when the, uh, bets weren't going his way. But, uh, but I, I think, uh, these guys, we had nights where, I met a lot of guys who gambled and, and whose lives got ruined because of yeah, gambling, yeah. and got to know their stories. And uh, we, we were we were just very informed about the jewelry world and the and the sporting world and gambling world, and dove deep, looked at a lot of footage of people, uh, documentaries on people, and, and talked to you know uh, some men who lost their families and lost everything and went to jail and that kind of stuff. There's the one of them one of them, the my favorite moments in the movie is when he's watching the, the Kevin perform uh, when he's got the gem for the first yeah. time and he goes into the bedroom with his son and his son's like has his own bet on the game right. and he's just like talking about who he's got the over on the first half <laughs> and twenty dollars exactly yeah. and then he says your father's got a lot of money to get to and then he says really how much and he says you don't want to know. And then the son perversely perverts the thing that actually becomes the demise of the character. He says, a lot though, right? <laughs> he want, he likes the idea. This kid is per, right. the idea that his dad would willingly really pet the house that he lives in uh-huh. is exciting and cool to him. It's heroic. And then this, the other, the other thing oh, is, what were you going to say? I was going to say the stone. Oh, obviously yeah. a superstitious, crazy oh, thing. Sure. And that's what's going to make KG be a magic man. <laughs> I mean, that is a very big, like, betting yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, like you were talking about when he's watching the TV he's like oh I'm going to go up in a second did he brush his teeth it's the if you look at the score it's like 2-4 you know it's like right. literally within the first minute of the game and he's already that invested you know yeah, sure. was it was it knowing that betting is the ultimate taboo in sports was it weird for you even though it's not real to even be involved in these discussions that, you know as part of the movie it's perspective you know uh, it's no different from when you go out in Boston and you're at dinner 
Tell us here. Like three or four mile guys come up to the tables congratulating you. You don't know how much of it is actually, <laughs> how much of it is trying to get information. So you kind of, kind of right. on this fence of like balance of yeah, feeling yeah, hype and trying to get out of it as fast as you can. Right. But um, it was it was just perspective. I was like, wow, we are here in another zone when you're playing and in another whole stratosphere, sports competing, and not thinking about you know things um, that doesn't confine what what we're doing and that Jeff is out there. So it's just good. It's, this is funny to hear. It's funny to us, but mm-hmm. like these are life changing. Things that people are doing right. betting and all this. Odds and stuff. What? You hear odds about a what? game. You, you just, you just, you, you, you don't, you don't, you're not even surrounded by that. You don't, right. you know, I mean, it's more apparent now in today's game, but when we play, you get a, every game, you get a, it's like a stat sheet and it tells you damn near history of everything that's right. about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Adam hit 27 last night. His last seven games were right. right. a whole, you know, tracking system on it. And, um, you're able to follow that and you're more into what a guy did and, you know, being, trying to confine this versus you know, the odds of this in, uh, Minnesota up plus, plus six tonight. You know, right. you hear more in football when you're in basketball versus. Yeah. Did the Adam, other Adam? You did, brought did, up Boston. I'm sorry. sorry. Um, I, I have a Boston question for you, <laughs> Mark Spears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, um, what was your perception of the city like, before before you got there, um, and how did that change at all? Um, especially through seeing it through the lens of a professional basketball player and as a black person. Uh, the narrative of Boston before you get there is that it's a racist town. Uh, it's very, it's, it's a very free town. People speak their minds there. And all it is is no different from if you go to Miami or Southern Florida and you're a Hurricanes fan or you're a Gator fan. <laughs> if you're not a Boston Celtics fan, you won't get it. You know, they root hard for their sports. They love all their sports team. And if you're not a Patriot Bruin, um, Red, Sox. Red Sox, Celtic, you don't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just that simple. And it, it took okay. me, it took it took a it took an outside perspective to kind of look at it from a Timberwolf and like, what? You know, like I, I got it. You know, it was understood. But then once you became a Celtic, it was a whole nother protective. It was another shield. It was a whole nother flip. You know. Uh, and that's that's really what it was. It was it's, if you're not a if you're not a Massachusetts or a Northeastern, as you won't understand. Yeah. And just like a Jet fan or a Giants fan, yeah. people up here love their sports. Were you, you, were you surprised uh, Kyrie left? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Boston's a tough team, dog. You got to have some. Some major components to be in there. You know, you gotta want that. You know, the people want it for you. That's what Paul is perfect for. Paul wants to shout every time. You know, we know. Hey, look, you know, you know like over fourteen. Yeah, I know, but they're here. They want it. They want it. What were you surprised that Kyrie and Durant went to the Nets? I was very surprised at that. You know, seems think, like there's a tradition of Celtics going to the next one. Uh, it is. Yeah. 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 But you got you got traded. Right. You didn't sign it. Right. Um, so, but you, but you, but you, 
beg you ask Durant and Kyrie on SNL as Opera Man. Well, that's true. And, <laughs> you know what? Like, if they did the Nets, I thought they should have did the Knicks, yo. If I'm being honest, yeah. I'm not a Knicks fan by far. But <laughs> the first coming to a city, that. man. If you come into a city, man, to dominate, man, the first superstar to hit New York, revive it, is going to be bigger than life. Oh, yeah. Remember good. I said that? Seriously. Yeah, any right. piece of hope in this city is going to would you, People would you, waiting. Would you have done it, or would you have done it with? Would you have wanted another guy to come? Nah, you got to come with pieces, man. You know, I didn't think they put like superstars around Melo. They had the obviously the, the, the pocketbook to be able to bring players here, mm-hmm. but for some reason, they haven't just put it together. What do you think it is? I mean, it's been 20 years. You know, man. I wish I knew so I could go up there and, you know, hey, look, I got the plan. <laughs> you know, pretty much anybody looking at Phil Jackson like, shit, I could have did what he did, right? <laughs> I think Donnie Walsh had it closest. Hey, really? Yeah. Real talk. They yeah. He cared because Donnie is a basketball guy. Yes. He's like Adam. And listen, today we're going to promote Adam as the best tool to – yeah, yeah. KD yeah. believes in me and my friend. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm we, did, we did what you said. You told us. Yeah, I gave two pointers on two two on t-shirts. <laughs> I have heard the results Kevin, of the show. I swear to God, we we did it. The, the next day, maybe so. Kevin gave us a, a nice tip on defense. He said, "What's, the, tell, what's the worst part?" Don't tell. Don't tell. And he said, "What's the worst part of your game?" I told him my defense. Is a little, I'm a little slow. A little bit. He gave me one move. And my friend Lockford and we were playing two on two. It worked. We both did it. And as it was fucking, we kept looking at each other going. <laughs> and then KD, my fucking friend, goes, these, so we, we beat these two guys and we were like, holy shit. And this random guy comes on the court and my friend's so excited. He goes, so Kevin Garnett told us. That if you, I go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. He's going to give our secret away like oh that. God. <laughs> He's a Philly guy, though. He's a Philly guy. He really doesn't surprise me. He's a Philly guy. So uh, did, did you guys get KG to sign on and then decide we're going to center this movie around the Sixers Celtics series? Like how did you make, how did that series it start? It, it started with Amari, actually. We, we wrote the, we started this movie in 2010. It started, it's a 10 year process. Started with Amari. Uh, we built the, we wrote the script around his own personality. Uh, actually, I did like at one point there was like a Shabbat dinner that I went to. Yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be a Jew, the, the whole that. Well, think about it. Think about the movies about the Ethiopian Jewish tribe that you can right. imagine right. his attraction to the Opal. Right. Uh, and then, uh, and then at some point our agents were like, no, you got to cast up the movie a little bit. You should go for Kobe. And I was like, well, this isn't just like, you can't just like rewrite, you can't just like do a find and replace in the script. So we spent two weeks rewriting it for Kobe. And if that became more, we were going to center it around his uh, Garden 60 point game. And it was going to be more about like the youth elixir. Like Howard was the man back in the late 90s, early aughts. Kobe was going to be the man again with this Opal, and it was going to be kind of about that. And then uh, WME told us after I literally was slaving around on the script. After like two weeks, they go, because they told us Kobe was interested in acting, and they say, actually, Kobe's not interested in acting anymore. He's interested in directing. And I was like, no, fuck you. And all this time, rewriting the movie for Kobe, in the end, it's fine. I didn't want to make a, a, a Laker movie. I didn't, I definitely didn't want to make a Celtic movie. But, uh, but I, so then, and then we went back, and then it was Joel Embiid, actually, for a little bit. And then, because Joel was on the Sixers, and him being an African player from Cameroon, and ideas of re- reclamation were powerful. And 
then we couldn't shoot in the season. And, and I'm being this is complete honesty, Kevin. I, they were like they were like, okay, we have to go back to retired players. Uh, and I saw your name on the list, and my instinct was, I hate Kevin. I hate you. What you are, I fucking hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and that was, it was like the moment when I realized my basket, my Knicks fandom, it's actually a sickness, uh, <laughs> eclipsed my film intelligence. Right, right. So I actually wasn't able to realize that he is an incredible performer who goes out every incredible. night in front of 20,000 people and gets the audience to hate him. That's a big part of, that's what drives him, is passion and having people be passionate about it. Stories he told us growing up, that the passion was always there. So what, the second we talked with him, we talked with a few other players, but the second we talked with him, it was he was the one guy that we just didn't want to get off the phone with. We just didn't want to get off the phone with him. And then, and then when we met up with him, it was like, there was like a limit, like you're going to get an hour with Kevin, three hours together, and it could have gone on for longer because... The storytelling, this guy's an amazing storyteller, told these yes. great stories and, and walks you through it. And, and I, I, honestly, Scorsese's one of our producers, tells stories, you know, I mean, he's not a filmmaker, but he tells stories like that in a weird way. The Stedman story that you told about how, <laughs> how Isaiah... Keep all that low now. Keep all that low. The thing that's crazy, so once, once we had Kevin, it's like, all right, now we have to find these games. that Because like, basically the reality dictated the bet, dictated the story. Because it's like, okay, he's got to have a good game with the gem, and he's got to have a bad game with the gem. And it's like, all right. I remember I said to you, Kevin, really hard to find a bad game in that series. Like, yeah, I was, uh, that elbow jumper was falling. You know, exactly what was happening in that moment. But it's, it was kind of incredible to just fit this fictional world around that real event. Because once it happened in 2012, we found that section of games. And it was just, it was just cool to fit around. And then it was amazing because Elton Brand actually came to a screening. Was that the New York premiere? Yes, it was amazing. Wow, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Sandler say to him, you don't you want to step on Elton Brand's fucking <laughs> yeah, That's great. And, and Jenny Sachs, who plays his manager in the movie, is Joel's manager. Right, yeah, exactly. Did you hate KG going into the movie to the next one? Swear to God, the truth about KG, and you probably don't remember. We were in, in out at the beach one time. I was eating breakfast with my family, and you were with your sister. Yep. And we talked. I met KG then. I loved KG. I actually went to a uh, uh, Celtic game and saw him live uh, against the Lakers. And then I also went to that All-Star game with Jordan's last All-Star game. Jesus Christ. I, I lo- I, I, anyways, me and KG talked for a few minutes, and you were discussing. You, you go, do you surf? I go, a little bit. You go, would you take me out surfing? And, and you were thinking of surfing back then. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh, that, I, said, I love a picture of that. I mean, yeah. And, and then I remember when you left, I was going, oh, my God. Uh, imagine if I got a <laughs> <laughs> How badly everyone would want to break my neck. And, uh, and But I, 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 after I met him, I started, it's, it's psychotic, but sometimes you meet guys uh, that you become kind of... Uh, 
friends with it, connected with it. All of a sudden, even though they're playing against your team, whatever, you know, part of your head is going up. Uh, I'm kind of pulling for him right now. <laughs> Anyways, that's how I felt. We, I, one of the other things we said to Kevin was, did it more at a time on the clock. Because you were so adamant yeah. about when he missed, when he made that shot, you were like, nope, nope. <laughs> and it was like, I was so angry. Like, no, he had time. So we were so angry. We so the whole theory that the whole, literally, the entire organization would be different. No, nope. that shot of Kevin. This is this should have been point eight on the slot. He hits that right in October. Yes, yeah. Listen, that's our You guys were able to work your misery as Knicks fans in the film with that one line, right, with Jeremy Lin. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that was that just to show? I mean, why'd you work that line in there? It was actually a great improvisational line because because there was a there was there was a kid in that scene who um, who actually did meet his wife at a Linsanity game. That's the type of, that's the type of uh, person. That's the type of people we were casting. And, uh, yeah, exactly. and uh, you know, Linsanity was the greatest gift that was ever given to this city. And then... 39 against Kobe, that one? Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, we just it released... Great run, man. That was, oh, that was great. That was a hell of a hard run, Dude, Insane. And it proves your right. And his story, dog. He was sleeping on his brother's floor. I, I know, I know, I know. Come on, man. Dude, man, what about in the movie? I, I, uh, you know how I come out and I say, does Doc know you here? <laughs> we said, like, 20... Oh, my God. Different. Uh, one, different one, of them, one of them was, I said... The Lin 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 The Lin Kid. It was this for real with these like in the in the in the script the dialogue like that in, it's like you know certain references to the Knicks so there's Ozzy Schechter and then <laughs> you yeah. say something about the 12 the 12 year old you yeah, right, right, right. you know and then um Couple of the Lynn thing and Dolan. Is this sort of a subconscious way to keep the Knicks relevant? <laughs> the Knicks are always relevant. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's the, the highest valued team in the in the league, right? I mean, I don't know how much of that is tied to the Garden or not, but but it it, it is. They're always going to be relevant. It's you know, you wrote a book called When the Garden Was Eden. You know, it's it's. There's something about New York basketball that will... years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? 1999, we had the Cinderella run. We ha I saw the Atlantic Division banner hanging on <laughs> I want to see them raise, uh, beat the Mavs twice in 2019. I would love to see that banner. You know? Porzingis, you can't... The first two letters of his name are silent. The two L's. You know what I mean? We, we beat him twice. So that's it. We'll hold on to anything we can get. RJ, RJ, Frank, and Mitch. You like Mitch? Mitch Robinson? Yeah. I think I like. I love our young trio. And and uh, but no, it's not. It has nothing to do with trying to keep them. It's not some type of propaganda spin machine. It's just passion. You know what I mean? I, I'll never forget how much I I was upset when Starks missed. I told him that when I saw him on the street once. I was like, you missed. You did you feel like you were playing yourself? Did you feel like playing a version of yourself? Like, were you, I, I, a question for everybody, like, you know, how is KG, is KG the actor? I, uh, I felt like I was playing myself. I had uh, shot to Jacob, shot to Tito. I felt like happy. <laughs> 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 With my crew, we in here, and 
This is where I stuff happened on the camera. Oh shit, you know, it, it felt, it, it took me back. I felt like I was actually in the past here. I, I was actually able to relate. The, the exchange between Adam and myself, I felt like I'm in here talking to Jacob again about how he's trying to knock some of these zeros down and how I spent back in here. And I spent two Christmas with you, and it felt like that. <laughs> I, I, asked, you know? I asked Doc, because uh, Doc Rivers does a voice uh, when he's in the locker room. I asked Doc, I said, by the way, I, we did that voice recording when he was recruiting Ka- Kawhi, and, and he wouldn't tell us who the other player was. And then I was just... Paul George. Uh, but I said to him, I said, do you know Kevin was a good actor? He says, oh, hell yeah, of course I did. So well, how did you know? He's like, I had, a, I had a play design that rested on his acting ability. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, coming out of the huddle, you're supposed to act really cocky. So the team's like, oh, it's going to how many times we did this. Before. Oh, my God. I messed it up so many times in practice. I don't know if y'all familiar with practice, but, you know, this new, this new league, doesn't have any rules, but we didn't have any rules, so we could be here four hours doing the same thing. Oh, there's rules. Nobody know. There's restrictions. I did i I've done it a hundred times in practice because I didn't do it the way he wanted. I was like, no, I want you to do it. I just what I didn't want. Practice out of getting out of a timeout. Yeah, and how you look when you get out. How he calls for the ball. That's not. He's so peculiar that this is how you get the play. So I was like, no, I want you to clap more than that. <laughs> it's going to fall. It's like in the game, I'm like, hey, no, I'm you so mad you're taking it out. Not really so. Come on. And then, you're, and then you're worried about acting instead of playing basketball. Yeah. I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying, but we've been over there a hundred times. And, and, and then the great scene, the conversation between the two of them, which was just, you know, on the script is like a six page scene. There was a lot of dialogue. And, and I wasn't, you know, Kevin, just like Sandler, had this weird ability to memorize lines and stay with scenes and be able to go and improvise and come back. And uh, I remember I went up to you once and I was, we were talking about, I was talking to you about the story um, about the sock, the personal story with your mom. And I was trying to get into, that's the cool thing about it. directing is you get to know people, you get to make friends with, with people when you collaborate. And uh, you, you get to me. tell 12 reporters what you heard about. <laughs> uh, but I had but said to him, I was like, you know, in this moment, this is what's going on in your head. And, he, and he's like, all right, coach. And I was like, coach. It's the playbook. You're the coach. You and bro get great direction. You're talking to Adam. It was like having a conversation with Adam. Yeah. It didn't feel like a script. Because oh. I, I, fl- I, excuse my language, I fucked up a couple of times and he was, ah, and he kept going and it, and, and it, it kind of, oh shit, just fucked that up. Okay, keep going. Oh, it, it did, it was something. He would do something and I get, I can't see it. And I was just like, oh shit, I get, I see, I see the, I see the, I see the go. I see the go. I said, oh, this whole thing. And I was like, oh shit. Just but the direction. It, just it made a couple more guys on the wrap up. I do have a dumb question. I just want to say, the way, yes. I just want to say, the way that Kevin approached acting was like, total open book. I want to be as great as I can. And it was yeah. unbelievable. And it's just how he played I mean, Could you imagine that anything else from him? Yeah, this guy's one of the most... I was thinking, think about this, bro. How hard is it to play yourself? Could you play yourself? Like, think about somebody said, be yourself. Not hard. That's what be I see yourself? on television. No, that's <laughs> you know, Just be yourself. So I'm just... I'm just, I'm just I'm, you were incredible. You were incredible. He was so focused and on every direction. moment. I believe, in fate. I believe in fate. I'm, I'm so happy. There's no other version of this movie that I can imagine. I, I, I assume the rings are real. 
They're what? actually the, they're, no. The <laughs> ring was actually fake. One of the really hard. The ring's always real. The ring's always real. It's funny. It, you, what did you tell us? You said, "Listen, you can only wear one if you got two. <laughs> That's a great line. What's wrong with Did you ever shout anything as possible? Like, uh, no. Katie, no. <laughs> hey, do you have any bet- betting stories as far as like uh, either <laughs> betting? Yeah, no. Uh, as far as like on the plane, on the cards, on the shoot around, anything like that that you you guys did that you can think of a legendary story? Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to share it. Oh. <laughs> You heard about the infamous arm wrestling story, right? What? What? Y'all heard that no, story? No. 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 You look it up. They're good. <laughs> so my doc question is: the doc says basically that you sort of created this turning point for for black kids being comfortable going to Boston, um, and then like since then, like the Celtics have gotten out Hartford, Kyrie, I mean, blah blah. Turned out the way it turned out. Um, and Kimball Walker. So first, I want to know what, what do you think of that assessment as you sort of being like the, the pioneer for that? And also, like, what would you tell major free agents considering that? Well, first off, I'm huge on originality, so I'm never trying to follow anything. Um, coming into uh, Boston situation, I had talked to Antoine Walker, and I had followed his whole career there, and mm-hmm. I watched how he took a left, and how you know Paul and he and Paul didn't work. Paul and I was friends way before uh, basketball back in 14, back in 13, 14 AAU. And then mm-hmm. we had the friendly stay friends. So coming into Boston, he was giving me these ad-libs on the inside. Not as a Timberwolf, not as an outsider, but as a Celtic. This is how they going. And I embraced it. I didn't, I didn't shy away from anything. You know, I, you know, I'm a very private person. I'm not like open with everything, but when I would come out in front of fans, People didn't know how actually operating, how I prepare. I'm very serious about my preparation. I don't mess around. I'm very serious. I'm very, I want to be on point. So I'm very um, OCD when it comes to perfecting something and just, just going over, just going over. And um, I embraced it. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, come from, I come from the South. So, you know, I'm used to racism. I'm used to. You know, interacting with it, I'm, I had I was comfortable with being able to exchange in it, to control it. And uh, when I got to Boston, it was a different feel. People wasn't racist towards me. They was, oh shit, the ticket, get your ball. Boston takes pictures like this. Black, white, green, purple, it didn't matter. Yo, everybody was out of any video in Boston. Like everybody was happy. Everybody wanted to talk the game. And you had to stop and talk. It was basketball, so it was cool. So to show my transparency, how far somebody take the picture again like this, they 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 they, they cleaned it. Then they saw me running through the rope and dodging the floor. And come up. And that's when they, you're like, God, when you give everything there, they give it right back to you. Yeah. It seems so like the process that you have, like in your basketball career, actually translates really well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Acting is preparation, yeah. just like anything else. Mm-hmm. And coming into this, I didn't want to fail them. They, you know, they took a risk on me being in here playing this part. Yeah. I figured that you got a list of people that you can pull from this. At least you can come in here and be professional and be prepared. You Every are. day I get my little slip. I be in there. Yeah. I sit in my room and I and, and, and it took me back to just okay. 
you know, she was the big boy. She was young in the night. No, oh man, what? Yeah. I was watching film and I took those same things uh-huh. and coming in. When I showed up to set, I was ready. I knew what I was. Yeah. Cool, man. And someone, someone told me, um, in television, when you know what you're, know where you're going when you come out of the driveway. Mm. So I had like direction on what I wanted, the energy, mm. what the scene called for, all of that. I was, I was totally ready. Did you talk to? The last one, guys. How, how are things with, well, did you talk to Ray Allen at all? Cause I know he's starting to do that before. Yeah. How, how are things You know what's crazy? I was actually, um, uh, Spike actually wanted me to, what do you call it? Um, um, before you uh, audition, oh, yeah. you read it. And then if you look at if you look at the story, some of it is kind of my story. Okay, oh. I'm from high school, I'm a man. So yeah, no, but I haven't talked to her. I haven't talked to him at all. I just have to add him. Yeah. When you're in LA and you go to Lakers games, yes. obviously LeBron there now and AD. Yes. Um, is that like a yes. just substitute that you can switch from your Nick fandom? I like leaving my house. <laughs> <laughs> I have fun at basketball. I went to a Clipper game uh, with this guy uh, maybe two weeks ago. I want to go to a Clipper game with you. I want to go to Lakers. Oh my That's god! We were we were talking with Nick Nurse the whole time. You were next to the the rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Nick Nurse. I love Nick and Bush. Oh, yeah. They were talking to you guys? Yeah. I saw Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher, you guys are related. You guys are related. I'm going to the shit out of you. Hey, man, pull. Hey, that's what we're doing. We kind of gave head down. Nah, y'all. Look for our time. No, there's no chattering. On an occasion. But Boucher was, like, so excited to see you on the Everybody calls him Bobby Boucher. Well, you sit over there and we're as excited as y'all as seeing us, we're just as excited. Really? Oh, so you gotta have somebody on the bench like, hey man, look, look, I'm simple. <laughs> Is that really what happened to me? Oh, when you're playing. He's not looking you like, oh shit. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's incredible. NBA players have huge ADD, ADHD. Don't let a hot chick come through on it. Chillies? Dr. Jordan, hey, get me one of those. By the way, Rasheed Wallace doesn't get credit for the three to the dome. Melo gets the credit. Rasheed, that was Rasheed's thing. And now all the young people say Melo did. I know, This is me. This is how I win. Jay, game night, you should be stretching out. What is he, a coach? Nah, he's just a fucking crazy ass Jew.